Hey, Jason here. Today's video, we're going to continue looking at Grand Canyon Education stock ticker LOPE. Um, we're going to continue analyzing them and get to the second stage of my analysis on them after in part one, which you can find in the description below uh, for free. We found that they look like good potential investment. Before we get to that, though, I need to let you know you can get this series of podcasts anywhere in the world for free on the podcasting platforms. Stitcher, Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and more. Meets this part of the I Love Value Investing podcast anywhere in the world for free. If you like this video and our other videos here on YouTube, make sure to um, subscribe with the notification bell so you're notified every time we release a new video. We release new videos all the time. Okay, no disclaimer today because we've already found out that Grand Canyon Education looks like a decent stock. Um, I will say though, well, I will only say though, this is for your informational purposes only to help you figure out how to better evaluate um, stocks better and faster. Um, this is not investment advice. Do your own research. Other than that, let's get to the analysis. Okay. Get rid of that. Now, you should be seeing, let me test. Okay. You should be seeing both the analysis over here. The only thing I've changed so far is this. I'm taking this directly from the wide point um, preliminary analysis we did. And again, everything in these videos, this is the exact process I use every time I look at a company. Um, so we're doing that same thing here. Okay, what we need here is, oops, $24 billion. You haven't seen our other preliminary analysis videos now that I think about it. Um, we're gonna go through the exact process, my second stage analysis. Um, when I look at a when something surpasses my first stage analysis, which is what you saw in part one of this video, again you can find that video in the description. Um, it goes to stage two, which is the actual worksheet you see over here um, that I've developed over the last 15 years that helps me evaluate stocks better and faster. Um, and we're going to go through that now. Okay. Operating margin, again, it's fantastic, 32.3, five year average here. What does this mean that the five-year average is lower than the trend total period? Um, not much in this case, frankly, because they're so close. Usually, this means, um, let's say this, the trailing total period was is 32.3% and this five-year average was 15%. We'd want to know why this rose so much. Is that going to continue? Do we expect it to continue? Why did that happen specifically? Why did that happen? Uh, we want to know those things to kind of figure out if the new number is going to be sustainable if it's not is this number going to be sustainable let's again say this was 15 percent over here we'd want to figure out which is more sustainable um, or is it going to be somewhere in the middle we'd want to figure that out i look for anything about 10 percent on a consistent basis here um, so these margins are fantastic okay 45 million in 2011 to 46 million an increase of 
2.2%. But Daddy, I Sorry, that was my oldest daughter coming up here for some help. Okay, 2.2%. Um, not a big deal here. The um, share count rising that much is not a big deal at all. Um, so yeah, usually this is a bigger deal. Again, let's say this was 45 million to 90 million. That would be a big deal. Uh, that'd be a potential red flag to look at. This is not a concern. Okay. I noted this in the last video, the huge increase in their book value per share. Um, was a sign, a gigantic sign, the company's intrinsic value or the intrinsic underlying value of its shares is going up drastically. This number is nine hundred and thirty-one percent in the last decade. So again, book value per share does not matter as much as it used to. Um, because companies operate more off their um, actual operations now than their balance sheet um, like they did back um, decades ago. So this number is not as important as it used to be, but typically you want to see this number going up um, because it means the underlying intrinsic value of the company is going up over time. In this case, it's gone up about 931%, which is amazing. That means, again, the underlying intrinsic value of the company has gone up drastically in um, the last decade. Okay, so, oops, don't want the minus there. <clears throat> oops, I always did the 10-year average. That is my mistake. Let me redo that. Five-year average is 17, 17.2%. Again, I also outlined this over the last decade. They've Their RSC has cratered um, from 29.2% to 13.1%. Uh, we don't really know why that's happening still, um, but it does mean it does it is something we want to figure out. However, having said that, I look for anything about 10% on a consistent basis here. Um, so while it has fallen their RSC over time, again, we definitely want to figure that out. Um, what's going on there? it still is above my minimum threshold, so that's still very good. 
this is 20.4. So the only reason ROE is on here, if you haven't seen my other videos like this, um, is to compare it to ROIC. If ROE is higher than ROIC, ROIC it means the company has debt. In this case, it's not a huge amount of debt, um, but they do have debt, and that's something we want to know. Cash flow sales, gigantic. six percent so here is we see the huge discrepancy here free cash flow to sales is 30.2 percent five-year average free cash flow to sales is 19.6 percent so free cash flow to sales has skyrocketed is the new number likely going to continue is it going to be closer to the five-year average is it going to be something else we need to figure that out um, going further in the analysis but again this is fantastic i look for anything about five percent five percent on this number on a consistent basis so this is fantastic uh, there is no cash conversion cycle. Oh. Is an A because they're an online education company, so they don't have a cash conversion cycle. So, so far here, again, company looks fantastic. This down here are what we call um, these two specifically, EV to EBIT and EV to for cash flow, are basic relative valuations uh, to figure out if the valuation of the company is somewhat decent. Um, I do these calculations myself, even though uh, Morningstar now has these. They didn't used to. They do now. But I still do these calculations myself um, because I don't know specifically what goes into the um, what goes into their calculation, although it should be the same thing. I don't know that. But I do know if I calculate it, what goes into the numbers. So that's why I want to know this. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so the market cap is... For what's the specific number? Four, four, zero, two, zero. So we're doing in millions. So this is four billion here. Uh, cash. And we want the quarterly number, and we're going to actually go to the balance sheet. So they have not a ton of cash. Oops, there we go. Let's scroll up. Um, about $110 million in cash. Cash, cash equivalent in short-term investments. Okay. Short-term debt and capital leases. It's long-term. Current portion of long-term debt. Just want to make sure because they keep changing the terminology on here. Total current debt and capital lease obligations. They have about 80 million. 80 million. Short-term debt and capital leases. Long-term debt. They have about 110 million. So. <clears throat> Assuming they don't have preferred stock, 
Um, why do I assume that? Because most modern companies don't have preferred stock unless they're older. And they don't have any preferred stock. Um, minority interest is something I check for as well. That's not even on here. Okay, so that is zero, zero, okay. So, can't click this up. So this is four, oops, 4.100 billion. What does that mean? That this is slightly higher than the market cap. It's one sign the company might be overvalued. Um, but in this case, they're so similar, it doesn't really matter. Again, if this was say $8 billion versus the market cap of uh, $4 billion, that would be a gigantic sign the company's overvalued. If this was say $2 billion versus the market cap of $4 billion, it was, it was one sign the company could be undervalued. Okay, so. Four one zero zero one zero zero. Need the EBIT two eighty three, and we need free cash flow, which was two sixty five. Okay, so we get a number of fourteen. Five here and a free cash flow of divided by 265 here. So that's 15.5. And again, I'm going to see if this is different on the EV to EBIT. Oops. Oops, I already had it open. And they are slightly different. Um, I get a calculation of 14.5. They get 15.2 on EV debit. Again, I don't know why. I don't know what goes specifically into um, their enterprise value calculation. Um, but this is why I calculated myself. <clears throat> okay. So on these metrics, on these relative valuations, I look for anything below 8 to consider a company undervalued. So these show that the company is decently overvalued. Um, that is illustrated by these two numbers down here, earnings yields. Earnings yields, when it comes to, uh, are typically the amount you should expect to earn owning this stock if you were to buy right now today based on the currently available information. Um, so this gives you an idea of what you should expect to earn. On this number, I look for anything above 10%. Um, and typically, or pretty much always, the higher the better. Two, eight, three divided by 4100. So this says 6.9% and this is 6.5% 6 rounded up. Um, again, these are okay, but a way to compare this is the rate of inflation. Uh, typically that's 2%, right now it's 5.4%. So you're only earning with taking on all the risk of buying this stock um, because stocks can go up and down in value drastically. Um, you should be compensated for that risk. And in this case, you're only earning um, inflation rate is 5.4%. So 1.4 percentage points and 1.1 percentage points 
expected higher return for all the risk of buying this stock right now. Um, that's why doing even relative valuations is so important because it shows you, or again, this isn't exact, this never ex happens exactly, but it gives you an idea of what you'd expect to earn um, owning this stock right now today. So right now we're going to stop here because this company is overvalued uh, based on my calculations and the risk is not worth, or the reward is not worth the risk in this case. Um, if this was say 12%, this would be something to look further at. And that would take um, about 500, oops, 4,100, 500. That would give the company an 8.2 relative valuation on that metric. And that would mean 500 divided by 4,100. Oh, and exactly 12.2% um, return. So if their revenue was almost double what it is now, or if their um, EBIT and their free cash flow was almost double what it is now, and or their enterprise value was lower, this would be a better looking stock right now. But um, right now, this is where this analysis is going to end for me when it comes to Grand Canyon education because it's overvalued. Um, still looks like a great stock. I will add it to my watch list. Um, but until it becomes more undervalued, there's no point for me to be uh, continue further looking at it. Because again, as I've said in some of the videos, this is where uh, this part of the analysis is where most of my companies I look at that I find, oops, put you on the wrong thing here. Um, this is where most companies that I look at that look good on the preliminary kind of first look that you saw in the first video of this, again, you can see that in the video below or in the description below. This is where most companies go to die for me is when you start to get to the valuation stuff. Um, because again, especially right now with the valuations at or near all time highs, pretty much across the board um, for stocks in the US and worldwide, most companies are overvalued right now. Um, so this is no different again, otherwise looks like a great stock. And this is something I'll add to my watch list when, and I'll take a further look at when the valuations um, come down. But for now, this is the end of analysis for Grand Canyon um, Education Inc. stock ticker LOPE. This has been an investment analysis for, let me get this right, Ocean. Um, Ocean, thanks for this analysis. Great analysis, but yeah, it's just too overvalued for me right now and the portfolios I manage. Um, again, uh, that's a watch list. Would love to hear your thoughts. Would love to hear anybody else's thoughts. On this as well if i missed something if i didn't explain something well if i should explain something better let me know in the comments below um if you want me to do a value stock like this for you let me know in the comments below every video i've done for the past four or five months now and every video for at least the next month is at the request of viewers um i am now giving preference to masterclass students and we're getting some of those in but i do not see anything on my calendar specific for masterclass students so if you have a stock you want me to look at anywhere in the world for you let me know in the comments below if it meets three criteria. It's not a bank, I don't evaluate banks. Um, it's not an insurance company because you actually have to dig into the 10Ks to evaluate those and it has to be producing revenue. Why does it have to be producing revenue? Because I've done some analysis videos of companies that, uh, on companies that viewers requested and they were born because at this stage of my analysis, at the again, this is only the second stage here. The first stage, and the second stage, frankly, throughout until we get to the very final stages, I don't care about what the company does at all. I don't care about what its uh, future potential is. I don't care what 
the industry is. I don't care about the transformations in the industry. I don't care about what the CEO says the company's going to do. I don't care at this stage of my analysis. Um, so because of that, if the company's not producing revenue, it's a pretty boring analysis because, again, I don't care at this stage. Um, if it meets those three criteria, let me know in the comments below, and I'd love to look at a stock anywhere for you in the world. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks so much. Um, make sure to like, love, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And if you do subscribe, hit the notification bell um, so you're notified every time I release new video and release new videos all the time. If you're listening on the podcast, again, thanks so much. Um, on the podcast, we'd really also we'd appreciate that same stuff. But on the podcast, we'd also really appreciate a review because the more reviews, views, and listens we get to the co- uh, to our content, the more people we can help. If you're looking for more specific help from me, or uh, if you're looking for more specific help on how to become a better investor faster, make sure to check out the free resources you can get access to below, including buy um, free gifts, which you can get the full analysis worksheet that I just, that we just did. You can get that as part of the five free gifts. Um, and you can get four, four of the free gifts with that. You can get a free PDF copy of my book, How to Value Invest, and you can get a copy of our guide, Seven Tips to Picking Great Stocks and Three Times You Must Sell. You can get all three of those for free at the links below. If you're looking for more help from me on how to become a better investor faster, make sure to check out our newly relaunched masterclass, which I'm super excited about. We're already getting students in. Um, to in, in this program, you learn everything I know about how to become a better investor, um, and you learn that in a streamlined program and to find out more information about that program make sure to check out the links below Um, but until next time have a great day talk soon